Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. Hello. Hi. My name is Kyla. I'm Carl. And I am Tim. Well, we have a special secret, not secret at all, actually, if you follow us both on Twitter. But we've got a guest today. Uh, it's it's uh, it's everyone's favorite, Ruby Goldberg, from, from the internet. The internet with the misspelled username. Yep. For, it took me, you know, it took me like a long, long time to realize there was not a B. No, it took me about like three months to realize I didn't put a B in my own username. Okay. I, I didn't notice until you just mentioned it right now, and I'm going to go check that on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I think it's right on Twitter, if it's even a Ruby thing on Twitter. Um, I think it is. I think it's... Yeah. And everywhere I can ed- edit my name, it's right. But on Twitch, you can't. Yeah. Oh. So so it's stuck as Ruby Goldberg. Ruby Goldberg! <laughs> Which I think I think I noticed because when uh, when you did one of us, I was like, wait a minute, I need to make sure I host this right. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be hosting some rando yes. with a very similar name. Uh, so so it is. Yep. Um. So yeah. Also, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're in a place that celebrates that. That's true. I did nothing for Valentine's Day. I I Set. made myself some sweets, and I, uh, I, I don't know, I'm sitting here with my cat right now, I'm drinking cranberry juice out of a, a wine glass. I <laughs> did do, not, not specifically for Valentine's Day, but yesterday, uh, some friends had us over to their house because they have a new corgi puppy, <gasps> so we played with the corgi puppy oh for like two hours. It was amazing. That's that's oh, oh really... my cat here is here too. Oh, it's cat. <laughs> we got double the cats yeah. on this extra special podcast. Podcats. Podcasts. My, my cat's being quiet. Oh my gosh, no. this this is a bit of a tangent. This reminds me of a. Uh... This is a game, Path of Exile, which is kind of like uh, the Diablo series. Oh, yeah, I've played that. And, yeah, oh, it's, it's fun. And on April Fool's last year, they changed all the trigger gems that are, like, uh, cast on Critical Strike and, and things like that to cats on Critical Strike. Aww. So whenever you, like, got a Critical Strike, it would just spawn a little cat next to you that would wander oh. around. Oh. That sounds like the best power. I like which that. Is, which is great, it's because in that game, uh, if you're using cast on Critical Strike, you're getting a lot very fast. So you just ended up with swarms of cats just spewing from your model. Beautiful. Also, you weren't wrong about your mic being super strong. I could definitely hear your cat purring for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she, her face is actually contacting it right now, though. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I can hear it, too. Yeah, I mean, she, she's pretty quiet right now. She she might get louder. Uh, you heard it here first, everybody. This now is a cat ASMR podcast. Um, it's all cat noises all the time oh, for man. your soothing cat sound needs. <laughs> I, uh, uh. We're cornering that market. That's yeah. I was gonna say that's an important service that we mm-hmm. can provide to people. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, I mean, ah, shoot. While we while we speak, I'm attempting to con- to make a map key for the D and D map that I've been designing all morning. Because goddamn, do I love making maps. 
Why is it so fun to make maps of made up places? Dude, it is fun. I've I've done that as well. I've never DM'd before, but that like that's the biggest thing that's enticing to me, to be honest. Is the ability to make maps. Is the like just the ability to make like a space for everyone is to be like, oh, I could have I could have like a fork in the road here and make it all mysterious and things and, and I can I could put the capital way over here by like a river or yeah, I've never, oh. I've never DM'd, but when I was, like, in middle school, I used to, like, I had all these ideas that I was gonna, like, write a huge fantasy epic series, um, and I made up maps for that. <laughs> which That's is, awesome. like, which is, like, probably even slightly nerdier than making D&D maps. <laughs> maybe, Dude, yeah. maybe a little bit. Dude. Oh, gosh, like... When reading uh, Aragon, like, my favorite things from, like, those medieval fantasy books was always just when they had maps. I was, like, Mm -hmm. just in, like, on the cover, just, like, fill space. Like, here's the map of the place. And I would, like, just stare at it to be, like, this is cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's super important. Like, Uh. world, world building is probably my favorite thing to do in terms of, like, just creative stuff. And making making maps is like a big is a big thing that mm-hmm. that in, is included is umbrellaed under that that just i i just enjoy doing it it's just, just maybe i'll just start making maps for no reason just draw like some it. maps just draw yeah. some maps of some made up places and maybe someday you'll be like designing a game and you'll be like man where should i set this and you'll be like i know i have all these maps or maybe that can you just... end up with like a filing cabinet <laughs> full of like different organisms maybe that can just be my thing like I don't know. As 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 an art person, I don't really have like a my like my shtick. You know, I haven't really decided what my shtick is yet. Maybe I'll just be the person who makes maps, just like bespoke maps of random lands. Would you like to buy a map? I would buy that at a show. Yeah, you have to like sell them at the street. Yeah, yeah, like, there, are oh, yeah. All, there are all kinds of like arts and crafts shows that you could go to, to yeah, sell totally. those, where I am sure people would buy those. Oh yeah, no, if like it just looked cool and had like nifty symbols and yeah. nice shading on it, everyone would be like, "That that's really cool." I'm and like I'm like looking at my my stack of papers right now, thinking about maps. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we um we, this is one hell of a tangent. Yeah, we're talking a lot about maps, but we <laughs> also okay. this is this is our this is our daily lives segment of the podcast and my daily lives right now is maps yeah but we also uh played some short video games yes this is for those who like maybe didn't listen to the last podcast shame on you but additionally um yeah how dare you but also uh this month we are doing four in february uh and as part of that four in february because none of us have a lot of time to speak of um we are doing four super super tiny games micro games which are less than an hour long uh and so this week we did the first two of our four in february micro games yeah we did um blues for midavinda which is a game by uh jack king spooner and we also did the the dr langeskov the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald a whirlwind heist yes by uh crows 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 (laughs) yep william Pugh. And others. Mm-hmm. Those were the games we played. And we're going to talk about them. <laughs> yep, we're going to talk about them, starting with Blues for Midavinda, because alphabetically it comes first. It does. So, yeah, I 
I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say too much yet because, like, I suggested this game and I have feelings about it. But what did um, <laughs> what well, did what so, did you? So uh, we we should do a, you should do a summary since it's your okay. game suggestion. So start with the so what it is. Uh, blanket uh, blanket announcement in like case you've never heard us before. We spoil the heck out of the games that we talk about. So these games, like hearing anything about these games. Is a, probably, is a spoiler. Is a spoiler because they're so short. It's like basically describing yeah. them at all as the experience. Yeah. So if you want to play these games, go play. Like pause this podcast, go play them for twenty minutes, yeah. and then come back and then listen to it. Yeah, come back in a half hour. Like that's that's literally all it will take you. Yeah, maybe thirty five minutes if you're a little slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, right. Blues from Minavinda is a game by a. Scottish developer Jack King Spooner um, and it's basically about the nature of life and death and the fact that all of life is sort of just chaos um, a, a big part of his like style in general is that he does um, I, I guess I'd call it mixed media games where his sprites are are claymation like they're clay figures that he photographs and then animates into sprites um, his backgrounds are collage of um like drawn on paper things and like stones like like a picture of a gravel road which was then just used for the ground Mm -hmm. um which i find really fascinating but so the, the story goes um your father is on his deathbed and he says um go find i can't remember the guy's name Tando. Tando, yeah. Tando, that's... Tando, I think, or Tando, yeah. So go find Tando. He's he's a wise man. He can he can help do something about my death. So you go. He just says really he can help, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, yeah like he, he doesn't. Can help. I, very conspicuously, he doesn't mm-hmm. actually say like he can help me get better or anything. Yeah, like that. He and just says, and he can help. and you, the character Midavinda, are the one who says, well, he can he can help you get better. He can mm-hmm. he can fix this. So you go and you find Tando. Uh, well, first you go to town and you ask around, where is Tando? They tell you, go west. So you go west and Tando says, okay, I can help. All you need to do is go back to town and find me someone who has never eaten fried beans. So you go into because town. Because this is, a, this is ostensibly a western. Yeah. So like everyone's cowboys and stuff, so fried beans is, is thematically... And everyone is, uh, is is cowboys with the names of like Hindu gods. For like, some reason. Yeah, yeah. like, like there's, a, there's a character named Hanuman. There's a character named um, Vishnu. So, I, I mean, it, it makes sense thematically, which I will get to. Yeah. Um, so you go back into town and you talk to everybody. And... Everybody has eaten fried beans. Everybody in the town. Everyone who you were available to talk to. So you go back to Tando and he says... Well, so there's a, there's a couple things that happen while you're asking people stuff. There's the fish sequence and then yeah. there's the like story of the, the coin. Mm-hmm. So, and also the dying lady. Yeah. And also the dying lady, yeah. So, so there's like three events you witness in town while you're asking around about beans. Um, one is you talk to a fisherman and then you play as a fish for a short amount of time. And the fish says hello to another fish, and the other fish says, "Water's great today, isn't it?" And then your fish says, "What the, what hell, the hell is hell water?" Is water? <laughs> Someone please explain. Uh, it's meant to be a metaphor about, um, you know, 
when you are daily like immersed in something so much that it's part of your world, you don't notice it, even though it's everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. Like um, fish probably aren't aware of water because they don't know that there's anything but water yeah. until they die, until they get hoisted from the water and and suffocate. Yeah, is the implication. So that's yeah. that's used as like a, a common. I don't know, if, not exactly allegory, but generally as a metaphor. Yeah. Um, so then there's a um, there's a woman who's dying uh, in the town um, who's just like lying under a tree, and if you go up to her and uh, she she like asks you to like hold her hand while she dies, and then she dies, um, mm-hmm. and then there's a guy who tells a story about um, having gone to see Tando to see if they should go to the town across the tracks or not and Tando apparently flipped a coin and said like if it's heads you'll, you'll, you'll come find... back laughing yeah you'll and come back tails, laughing yeah. there'll be trouble mm-hmm. um, and it lands tails and they go anyway and then like one of them is shot um, by by a cowboy named Vishnu uh, mm-hmm. in the opposite town um, and then when he gets back the guy discovers that the coin that Tando flipped was uh, double tails. Mm-hmm. It was a two-sided coin, um, or like a a two-faced coin, um, but the opposite of that because a two-tailed coin. Whatever. Yeah. If there's, I don't know if there's a term for that. But anyway, so it was a rigged flip, and he's like super upset at Tondo about that, which I don't understand why, because like literally you didn't heed his warning even when it might have been, uh, <laughs> like even when you thought it was a fifty-fifty chance, you didn't yeah. heed his warning. Um, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. So those three things happen. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to Tando and he says, well, your father is dying. And just like there is nobody in this town who has never eaten fried beans. There is also nobody in this town or in this world who will not have to face death. Um, and then an interesting thing happens. Uh, Tando, all of all of this, by the way, has just been text, like in-game yeah. text. Yep. And then Tando speaks to you audibly um in the voice of jack kingspooner uh i'm assuming i can he has an accent so i'm assuming it's him and he runs you through a very short like five minute guided meditation Mm -hmm. um which i'm not really going to go into the specifics of that but it's really interesting yeah it's a it's a basic guided meditation it's a like concentrate on your breathing and your body and and sensations of your body and yeah and um you know acknowledge your thoughts without dwelling on them that kind of stuff um and yeah that's really that's really like that's the whole game Mm -hmm. um yeah i thought ending on the on the guided relaxation meditation thing was was really odd at first i thought oh wait i had to save right before this so maybe i'll just reload and there maybe there's something a little after this that i did i just missed or something and then no you just go through the guided relaxation again and that's it mm-hmm. so i i like i have a huge soft spot for this game because i i played it for the first time like right when i um, I was seeing a therapist who was, you know, telling me that I should get into meditation. And I was sort of dismissing it as, like, this is, like, new wave hippie bullshit. And then just out of nowhere, I sort of played this game. Uh, and I, it, it was, like, a weird epiphany moment. Like, holy shit, this is actually really cool. So, that was that. I also, 
you know, because there's this guided meditation thing, which is like ostensibly in the Hindu tradition, um, that's sort of that's why it makes sense that there are characters named Hanuman, there are characters yeah. named Mitavinda and Vishnu, um, and that also sort of to me contextualizes the the little stories, the fish, the dying woman, the uh, coin flip, because those I sort of read them as like little little Zen koans, mm-hmm. where. They don't really make a whole lot of sense, but if you think about them, a sort of a meaning reveals itself. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna... You and I are gonna disagree on this game, I think. That's fair. That's fair. I, was, I was generally disappointed by it um, in a lot of ways because I felt like it, it went through a lot of effort to say something that I found to be not that interesting, ultimately. That's fair. Um, and, and it seemed... So I felt like this game was sort of unintentionally postmodern, um, by which I mean, like, so postmodernism, as as far as I recall from like my schooling days, um, is basically when there's a bunch of stuff that's very symbolic and like he- like heavy and laden with symbolism, but ultimately the symbols don't add up to anything; they're just there for the sake of being symbols. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I felt about the game. It didn't really. <laughs> yeah, like it had it a lot really... of stuff that felt deep and felt meaningful, but ultimately meshed together in a in a meaningful way. Yeah. Carl, would you? Is that about what you were you were saying? Yeah, it didn't have any focus, sort of. Because like well, it kind of did, but Vishnu is one of the three like Hindu deities and. Uh, There's Mitavinda, a lot more than three. Well, one of the, one of the, <laughs> one of the three thousand. Sorry, one of the three. Uh, he's, the, he's the, the auspicious tri- ones. The, the Trimurti, the the like triple deity. Yeah, he's one of the three of the triple deity. Um, and then, like Mitavinda is a character from a like a Buddhist um, the parable about jealousy. Oh, the um, the Ramayana. Um, I don't know about that. Hanum- Hanuman is a character from the Ramayana. Okay, yeah, no, Midavinda is from something else, uh, or at least as far as I was able to find online. I tried to do a little bit of research, and the only thing I could find was this parable about like a monk who comes to a town, and there's another monk, and like the monk who's there is like well taken care of, and oh, okay, like I'm pretty sure the other monk out of town. Okay, yeah, that that yeah. makes sense. I was thinking of the Ramayana as a parable for jealousy because it's all about. About how Rama's a shitty boyfriend, <laughs> a shitty jealous boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so, but like, so like all these names are things that like directly reference something, but they seem to be referencing things at random. Like they're yeah. they're not relevant to like a specific, uh, you know, a specific thing or a specific meaning. And the game is all about like this idea of like that we're lie our lives are chaos that can be controlled through meditation but also about the idea that death is inevitable which mm-hmm. is like the opposite of chaotic um and ne- none of the mechanics do anything like the game is super linear so it's not it doesn't yeah. really represent chaos anyway in any way in the mechanics you could argue it it does represent inevitability in the mechanics because mm-hmm. there's only one way to go through the game um, but it, it just seemed like a lot of pieces that didn't quite all perfectly fit together to me. That's fair. This is probably a bad time, but I was also going to mention that uh, <laughs> that uh, Jack King Spooner has a Kickstarter with like four days left on it uh, about being a 
woman in a fictional Islamic majority country uh, and sort of like railing against the establishment type thing. I'll link that later. The game is called the game is called Dujana. Um, it's it's in a similar like stop motion sort of mixed media e style. Yeah, I did like the I did think the visual style was sort of interesting, especially for something that like one person is doing by themselves. Yeah, that's like having having claymation sprites on a photographic background and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and... first I was surprised by the the art style. I was like, "This is like a little out there." And then I started going through. And I was like, oh, "You know, actually, this, this works surprisingly well." Like... Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm into that that kind of weird stuff. But Dujan is a lot more of that um, clay sprites and clay environments and and things of that nature. Also, the music. He wrote all the music for this game. Yeah, and the music was very nice. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah, it felt appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At Definitely. first, I wasn't sure why it was set, like in in as in a western as a western, um, but then I thought maybe it was because you know it's there's a certain um, relevance in you know various religious traditions uh, of this idea of the desert and like going out in the desert to meditate mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So maybe that was what they were going for, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure on that one either. I think and it's fine. Yeah, and the desert has a good like sense of sort of bleakness about it, and western like e- like e- the, the sort of town is very shabby and run down, and mm-hmm. has a certain bleakness to it that I think fits with the themes pretty well. Yeah. Do you have any other? Speaking any other? of yeah. the claymation stuff, mm-hmm. this game has. The weirdest intro I ever seen in a video game. <laughs> yeah, I, and I I had forgotten all about the intro um, when I when I loaded this back up to play it, um, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna put a lot of people off. I bet. Yeah, it, it <laughs> kind of it kind of put me in a bad frame of mind to watch it. Not, I don't know, uh, but yeah. Do you want to describe the? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a a clay cowboy, and he's like smoking a cigar, and he's. In front of a, it looks like it's sort of like a scrolling background, so it's supposed to be like he's riding on his horse, but, you know, there's not a horse, like, because... It really looks like a computer screen. Yeah, it does look like a computer screen. Yeah, Um, it looks like he's standing in front of a movie of moving terrain. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, Just talking about how life is chaos... For, and, for a little while. Yeah, and like the visuals glitch oddly mm-hmm. from time to time, like intentionally. Like yeah. they go, you know, like uh, invert, Inverts color inverted and, and stuff. And Yeah. And and he's got this gruff, hoarse voice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it is interesting. And I, like I said, I had like totally, totally forgotten about that intro bit. Yeah, um, and as my... soon as I, as soon as I saw it pop up, I was like, oh shit, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I, I watched that. And I'm like, okay, clearly this game is trying way too hard. Yeah, I was like, this is yeah. this is the kind of thing that people who aren't like me probably will will really dislike. There are. I I can sometimes get behind games like this. Like I'm okay with. Like I I really dislike, and I've been intentionally trying to avoid using the word pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, I dislike it when people label things as pretentious because I feel like. Um, that's just a, a, a shorthand way of going like, 
ha ha, you tried to say something serious and yeah. meaningful, which is like not a good insult. Yeah, that's yeah. it's it's really it's yeah. not even an insult. It's just dismissiveness, really. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way, but I really like the word pretentious. <laughs> it's a pretty word. It is. Yeah, it has. Yeah, but it was. I mean, that was my my first instinct was like. Oh, this this is trying way too hard. This like is trying to be really deep and meaningful, but it's just laying it on way too thick, like right off the bat. Like it's this whole like pseudo philosophical thing developed in this, you know, like uh, given in this way that's intended to be slightly creepy, I guess. Um, but it's just it also just looks a little bit silly because it's a claymation doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that the the bit about it being a claymation doll was really what pushed it over the edge to feeling like it was like it was trying too hard. Yeah, that... it, it's also I I I noticed a bug with it because uh, I I tried to play the game a second time to see if there was anything I missed, um, and like I didn't want to sit through that whole thing, so I'm like ah I can't like press any buttons to make this go faster. Um, so let me just like put that window off to the side while I go do other stuff on the internet. And if you if you unfocus that window, the sound continues, but the video pauses. Mm. So they get out of sync. So then if you click back into the video, if you wait till the sound's done and you click back in the in the window, you just have to watch the rest of the video in silence. <laughs> Which is probably even creepier. <laughs> Which is weird and unnecessary. <laughs> That's quite the. I might just go and do that later, just to <laughs> just to see just what it's like muted. Yeah. If you do that, watch his walking animation when the game starts. Oh. It looks like he's riding an invis invisible skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to play the game again just to see that because you mentioned that, and I'm like, I don't recall that, but it's quite possible. the The walk cycle is very odd. So. Yeah. I think this was made for a game jam, which sort of explains a lot of the uh, uh, roughness. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does feel like something that was made in like forty-eight hours or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I actually looked through like some of the game files uh, when I was done playing and noticed that like there's like three frame walk cycles for everyone. And it's... Yeah. Um, let me see if I can. That's. I, I'm inclined to give it a little bit more leniency if it was a... a oh, yeah, it's a claymation thing, yeah. Like, I, the actual amount of work to have, like, a lot of frames in claymation is, like, more than any other, like, yeah. method that you could have. Yeah, but, yeah sure. It says this was made for a game jolt competition in 10 days. 10 days, okay. Yeah, so. like, that's... Okay, for a 10-day yeah. game, like, that's that's not bad. Yeah, and yeah, I imagine I, that a lot of it was actually just making those clay clay figures and taking yeah. pictures of them. Like I could see that yeah. taking up a huge portion of Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Like, maybe, I, I just maybe sorry. I should have mentioned that before <laughs> that this was a game. I feel like I might have, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. Who knows? It's all right. It's if, it's... You, if you did, I didn't remember it. Okay, that's fine. Um, but it's. I just, I just wish it had a little bit more like underlying self consistency and like coherency in its in its message and in its philosophy. Maybe I should have maybe I should have picked Mitt Romney and the sex doll instead. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have. Nobody nobody should play that game because it's horrifying. Unless unless you like horrifying things and then go play it, uh, and don't get mad at me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought it was interesting. That, that title is 11 out of 10, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, it's part of it is that like one of the things I really, really love in in a in a piece of media in like a you know an individual unit of whatever, like a show or a movie or a book or whatever, is something that stands up to a lot of really deep reading. Um, mm-hmm. Something where you can like you know pick it apart and pick it apart and pick it apart, which is why Revolutionary Girl Lutena is like my favorite anime of all time, um, because like I watch it and I'm like, oh my god, I've, this is the fifth time I've seen it, but I didn't realize there was like all this other stuff that I hadn't considered before. And let me write a ten-page paper about this. Right. Um, and this felt very shallow in that way where I felt like it has a message and you can grasp the like message that it's going for pretty early and then there's nothing under it to dig down into. Um, or is it? <laughs> or maybe there is. Maybe I just did not read it deeply enough. Maybe maybe I was maybe I didn't give it a proper chance. That's also quite possible. Um, I mean, I did only play it twice and it is only like a 20-minute game. So yeah. Which is fine. I was really hoping that there was going to be more, um, that they were going to represent the chaos more in the mechanics, that there would be more stuff that you could, like, do to change outcomes and change the world and, like, you know, and sort of deal with this, like, you know, the game is, is, can be, like, completely different every time you play it, but there's still, like, an inevitable ending, like, the inevitable, inevitability of death kind of thing. Yeah. But it's a 10-day project made in, like, RPG makers, <laughs> yeah. so... I don't think they're going for that much chaos, though. It's more about the... Yeah, like, it supports the death. inevitability of death yeah. super well. I agree with that, definitely. And chaos in the game, is, isn't that literally, like, the name of the town they go to across the... Yeah, the, the name, yeah. name of the town was chaos. So, and there's the whole intro bit that just goes on and on and on about chaos in the world, and then nothing supports that. Yeah. <laughs> and then chaos is just a town. Chaos, don't, don't yeah. yeah he's just sad. talking about the town. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- that makes sense. I, I would heed that warning. We are all born into chaos. Well, yes, because, you know, that's where the hospital is, so most people are, mm-hmm. are born the, over there it's in the chaos. Only, so. It's the only hospital in the tri-state area, like... <laughs> Like, you gotta go real far if you don't want to be born into chaos. You gotta go all the way to, like, Missouri. <laughs> yep. And that's Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. And who wants to be born into Missouri? <laughs> I'm trying to decide. I think, I, I think I've been to Missouri. I don't know. It's hard to remember sometimes. I've been over Missouri. Hmm. <laughs> I've probably driven through it at some point. Yeah, I think. On some cross-country drives. I think that's probably when I did. Hmm. Map of the United States. We're going to get to the bottom of this Missouri <laughs> business. And as long as it's not another Idaho, Iowa, uh, Ohio, whatever. Oh, Jesus, yeah. No, it was Iowa. It was, it was Iowa, was Idaho, Iowa, and Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've flown over Missouri. One time when I visited my great-grandma in uh, New York from California to Florida to New York. Yeah, flying cross country really sucks. Yeah. It's uh it takes a long, long time. Yeah, it was like six hours total on the two flights. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I, I did that last year. I flew from 
Seattle to, gosh, I think I flew into Newark, and then from there I flew to uh, uh, Richmond. Newark is, has a really shitty airport. I don't know if I've I I I say it every time I bring up the Newark airport. Um, it's not nice. It's bad. <laughs> I don't remember if I've ever brought it up on the podcast, but hey, now I am. Newark Airport, don't go so, there. I think the Seattle Airport might be like one of my favorite airports I've ever been in. It's, yeah, it's 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 really streamlined, I feel like. Yeah, it's like, super streamlined and there's this really nice Japanese noodles place in there. Was, <laughs> I've never like I've never like actually like explored around because I always whenever I fly out of here it's like five in the morning and I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go fall yeah. asleep by the gate. Yep, that's basically what I end up doing as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, speaking After of uh, speaking of having to wait to do things, let's talk about uh, Doctor Langeskov, the Tiger, and the terribly cursed Emerald Colon Whirlwind Heist. Cool. Which is a game about waiting your turn. <laughs> Bottom three that was a really nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carl. But I was like on the I other side of it, hard. being like, being like, wow, I really appreciated that. And Carl's like, no, like zero out of ten. <laughs> Carl, Carl is a very harsh judge of uh, of transitions. Of everything, okay. really. He, he keeps us honest about our, our segues. That's true. Um, yeah. So, so this game is by uh, Crows, 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 uh, among whom is. Uh, which is that, th- yeah, which contains people from the team that did um, the Stanley Parable. I don't think it's a, an exact like everyone who worked on one did the other kind of yeah, thing. I, I don't um, think they're so. trying pretty hard to be Stanley Parable. Yeah, and so it's a game that it it does some very similar Stanley Parable kind of stuff. Um, so the basic gist is, um, you show up in this green room, um, where you're like clearly in a sort of backstage area. Um, before like some kind of big performance Um, and the implication based on like posters and things you see is that the performance is this Dr. Langeskoff, the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald, a whirlwind heist Um, and you like knock on the door and there's some sort of like shuffling kind of stuff and someone says like wait a minute I thought the player was already in the game what's going on oh my god there's a second player in the game and then this sort of like weedy narrator type guy like very put upon stage stage manager comes on uh, the narration and says like hey listen like I know you just downloaded this game but you can't play it yet because somebody else is playing the game and also like everyone who's like you know the, everyone is on strike yeah everyone's on strike the, the sort of uh, conceit of this is that the game like has to be run like a performance so that there's like you know, someone pressing a button to make the rain happen at the right time. And or the to let lightning. the tiger out of the cage. Yeah, and things like that. So, But all the people who normally do this backstage work have up and quit. Um, so he's super shorthanded. So he's like, hey, can you just help me do the backstage stuff to get this player through? And then you can go through the game. Um, so the whole game is you going through the backstage area and trying to, like, press buttons at the right time when he tells you and not, like... That everything is like falling apart and breaking down and is terrible and it's uh it's sort of just a a big snafu um and then you finally you manage to more or less pull it off the other player finishes you you know you get to the door where you go in to play the game 
Um, and then basically the same thing happens again where you're about to play the game and another player enters the green room um, and then you can hear sort of muffled the narrator going like, wait, wait, like this, you know, this, maybe you can help me. This person has to go through this game. If you could just turn some switches. But the other player apparently does not listen to anything the narrator says and just storms forward and releases the tiger. And then the tiger eats you and you die. And that's the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is funny because I also wasn't listening to the, uh, the manager guy. I was too busy listening to audio tapes Recorded by Justin Roiland. <laughs> you didn't listen to the narration. I listened. No, I listened. I listened to the narration one time. But if you missed out, if you missed out on the uh, the audio tapes, you missed out on on I pencils. Didn't... Pencils the game. I I missed out on the audio what? tapes. I didn't even know these were a thing. Yeah, audio tapes. What? They're they're all recorded by Justin Roiland, the guy who does uh, Rick and Morty. And, oh my uh, gosh, I thought, I thought I'd like podcast. I went around clicking on like everything, so I thought I'd like like okay, whatever. With how small this game is, I probably didn't miss anything. I, I think and I missed you, something. Yeah, I, I think know. what you have to do is you, there's a tape recorder. In the very first room, you pick it up and then you pick up the tape, uh, and you just hold on to the tape recorder throughout the entire playthrough. So every I did time notice you... there were some cassettes. Mm-hmm. In some every places. time you pick up a tape, you um you just pop it in the player, and it and it's just Justin Roiland doing what he does, which is oh, like ad lib furiously. No. All right, I guess I'm loading this, this game again. back up. Yeah, it's oh. um. I mean, it's... it won't take long. It's yeah. great. He plays um two characters over the course of like five or six audio tapes. One of them is a is a guy who keeps pitching games, game ideas. Um, like, like one of them is about a parrot, and the parrot the the player says something and the parrot repeats it. What a great idea for video game! I'm gonna go pitch it to Michael. I'll be back when he tells me what it says, what he what he thinks. A couple seconds later, he hates my game idea. <laughs> or the other one is like, like, <laughs> like. It's a horror game, and it's pencils, and pencils are chasing you, and you gotta, you gotta take off all your clothes, and you gotta run through the hills and h- hide in a bush from the pencils. There's like, there's like three tapes regarding pencils, the game, and why nobody appreciates the artistic vision of pencils, the game. Uh, and the other character is little Timmy, and or little Tommy, who is an aspiring voice actor, who gets hired to play a planet. Uh, and little Timmy slash little Tommy, you might have noticed um, there are a lot of pretzels in the game. Okay. I did not actually notice pretzels. I noticed coins. I went out yeah. of my way to try and pick up all the coins on the ground everywhere. God, we, this but... is weird. Like, did we play different games? Because there were pretzels yeah, no. all over. Okay, I, actually... I, I noticed the coins, and I was like, oh, man, where's the coin? Where's the coin? One, was like, one, thing, the coins. one thing, I actually, um, I didn't... The first time I played this game, like a, a couple months back, I downloaded it from from uh, Itch, mm-hmm. and when I played it more recently, I played the Steam version. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a difference because I don't remember there being pretzels in the Itch version, but there were hella pretzels in the Steam version. <laughs> I didn't notice that might have pretzels. been. There might have been that slight. Maybe difference. Yeah. maybe different games have different content. Maybe is... that's the secret behind this game so i did i did actually do a little bit of research and found out that there's all kinds of conspiracy theories about like an arg that goes along with this game that's not surprising that i think are all trolling i think like (laughs) none of it's actually real yeah Uh, yeah i heard they were mentioning talking to other game developers talking about they're making a heist game (laughs) (laughs) that's good the ruse 
Also, yeah. um, if you go to the Steam Steam version, like the Steam store, um, the the concept of the the crew, I guess, of the game being on strike also carries over into the Steam version of the game. Like, like let me just read the most recent um, update note from January 10th. Uh, hey, um, I've never had to write a patch update before, but uh, I guess I could give it a shot. So the people over in exports said that something went wrong with the last update and it broke achievements, uh, but they say that it should be fixed now, so that sounds like good news. As for Frank, who's been working by himself in, in PNL for the last three weeks, he says that language support is now in for Swedish, French, German, Russian, Romanian, um, Italian, Polish, uh, Turkish, and Spanish. Spanish. Oh, and he wanted me to say a big thank you to all the translators who kept working throughout the strike. Anyway, I best be off. I've done my job here. So, yeah, I guess, um... Thanks for waiting, and sorry for it taking so long. Have a nice day now, Alice. <laughs> and and all their all their notes are like that. The game description is like that, like just referencing the strike and referencing little Tommy. So, <laughs> if you haven't looked at the Steam version of the game, I recommend it. Yeah, I'm yep. gonna do that right now. Yeah, no, I did, I did, I did notice a few like little cute things like that when I was looking into it. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a whole Reddit thread about it too. Um, about the uh, specifically about the quote-unquote arg mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure like every single thing on it is made up <laughs> nice I like I like that it's so hard to tell with args because args are so inscrutable yeah oh, God. I have never never cared never enough. tried never participated yeah it's so much effort to try and figure those things out like there is a link to like I did find a link to a thing that was like a like delivery voucher for some of the materials in the game. Um, so like some number of brooms, like a, a big reinforced steel cage, uh, you know, like basically some of the stuff that you would imagine is like used around in that backstage area. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a little, a little note at the bottom that says like, hey, this is the requisitions office, like, you know, we got your form. This is just to let you know that we we got everything listed here, except the reinforced steel box, which they didn't have. So we replaced it with just a regular steel box. It's not <laughs> reinforced. So you know, like, hope everything goes well with your game. Good luck. That's nice. I I was sort of surprised that there weren't any like URLs in the game that like led to things outside of the game. Like they did that in um, uh, a story about my uncle. In the beginning, in in your uncle's apartment or house, there were like some notes, and they led to YouTube videos. Um, and I, I I was like looking at all the notes, hoping for something like that, but I didn't see anything. Yeah, it's uh so the game is very cute, um, but it I is. think in in many ways it's just like a slightly watered down version of the Stanley Parable. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. But I love including no jump still. button. That's yeah. like yeah. the biggest. Oh god! <laughs> Were you desperate to jump the entire time? Gosh, it's like the. I feel so in the the Stanley Parable. I got the achievement for pressing the space bar a bunch of times, like before I was into the next room. Like <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't jump. I was like, it's super stressful to me that I can't jump. I don't know why, but it is. I, I agree. I you know, I don't know if I would necessarily call this a water down version i feel like they're 
presenting the idea of a game as as two different things whereas the Stanley Parable is presenting it as a sort of reality where yeah. like the game yeah. is Stanley's reality whereas this it's presenting it as a unreality but it's a physical unreality yeah and I, I mean that's a that's an oversimplification because yeah. like you know Stanley Parable is very concerned with this idea of branching narrative and, and choice an and what that means and yeah, an yeah agency whereas this game is really kind of a one shot joke yeah it's like it's a yeah. 20 minute joke and if it was longer than 20 minutes it would totally overstay its welcome yeah. like it would get kind yeah. of annoying but the fact that it's only 20 minutes long is like okay I get it haha ha, that was cute mm. and that's that's enough you don't need more than that um, but it it's again like it you know given that there is a sort of inevitable comparison to oh, the yeah. Stanley Parable because you know it's some of the same people and it's got a narrator in the same kind of way um, it it doesn't compare very favorably I feel because because Stanley Parable is a much bigger game and there's more mm -hmm. depth to it and there's you know a lot more to do and it's saying some really interesting stuff and just um, totally it's a lot different like I don't feel like the Stanley Parable ever really set out to be a joke there were like humorous moments in it. But, I don't know. I think Stanley Parable was mostly, like, pretty dang funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like the overall message really wasn't, though. And sometimes it got kind of bleak. It did get kind of It got kind of bleak. Like, and this it never... got kind of bleak, but I would still say it's it was based around entertainment. Yeah. And, and comedy. But this... Yeah, this, yeah like, it definitely holds your attention with comedy. Yeah, and this didn't have any of that, like, bleakness... Except maybe at the end where you get eaten by a tiger ostensibly. Like this <laughs> but I found that to be really funny. Yeah. Um, and I think rather than saying like it's, you know, it's a bad game because it doesn't compare favorably to Stanley Parable, I think it's more, that's more a, a judgment of like, it really shouldn't be, like it's so, that, that comparison is so obvious and easy to make and you really shouldn't make it. Like yeah. you should try really hard to not reference, to not think of this in reference to the Stanley Parable, because, because yeah, yeah, like making that comparison is of kind of Stanley pointless. Parable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard it, not to. That's it's a problem, I think. They're not building their own identity strong enough. Maybe. I mean, one thing I will valid. say for this, I, I think, like despite this, I believe being a smaller team, I think the visual style of this is is much more compelling. Um, especially with the way they, they dealt with color. Color and colored lighting especially. It, it sort of reminded me of... Um, I'm, I'm going to say this without having any specific examples to cite, but I feel like the N64 era games did a lot with colored, like tinted colored lighting that were really, really helpful for mood building in a time period where it was maybe sort of hard to build mood with like you know you've got like six polygons yeah. here here you go do what you can with it um and that that tinted lighting really helped in that case and i think it also really really helped in this case and i just kind of kept founding finding myself looking at the environments being like i love this color scheme it's great yeah. especially <laughs> yeah. because i got the impression that they used a lot of just like pre-made assets like yeah. it looks like something you could easily build with just a given asset library. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think that's given exactly that, what they, they did. Yeah, given that, you know, it looks like it was made with an asset library and, like, they didn't, you know, obviously develop their own shaders or anything for, mm. you know, for it. So given that, like, the stuff they managed to do with the visuals to, like, you know, make certain parts stand out and feel distinct and, and you know, give you a sense of what's going on was pretty good, was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Also, this is a 
high quality crew working on this. Yeah. How do they get yeah. all these people? That's that's a good question because yeah, like the voice actors. They've got yeah, because they've got Simon Amsell and um and Justin Roiland just like just doing their thing, yeah. really, which I found maybe super they just, interesting. Maybe this was just people they happened to know. Yeah, maybe yeah, someone like, just personally yeah. knows him. Like, hey, you want to record a silly little thing for me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stranger Things have happened. It's a pretty small yeah. world. Game development is a pretty like you know insular small world. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, voice acting is similarly little, and yeah. they've got a lot of overlap. It's true. I'm gonna have to replay it now for these tapes. I yeah, didn't even know tapes. about these tapes. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, the tapes. The tapes are probably even more of like throwaway jokes than anything else in the game. Um, like, well, they would have to be because you you might miss them. Yeah, it's it's just totally worth it to hear Justin Roiland with an accent being like, you you take off all your clothes and you run into the hills from the pencils, like <laughs> like crying about this game. Um, the, actually, the pencils game is referenced within the actual game. There's a poster. And it's a bunch of pencils on the poster, and the title of the game is 16 Pitches and This Is What We Went With. Like, coming soon. <laughs> I, saw that. Um, I think so, I saw that one. So yeah, so that references the pencil game. Yeah, It's worth That's mentioning awesome. there is a lot of cute stuff in the environment to look at during mm -hmm. the game. Like, they, it's chock full of, like, memos and posters and, like, strike signs and just, like, little things that... Uh, that you can go check out. It definitely, like, I think the reason that there is this this idea of an arg around it is because it's got so much little, like, jokey mm -hmm. detail packed into it that you could easily believe that there might be some important details hidden somewhere that you missed. Yeah, like, there, yeah. Are, there are post-it notes everywhere, and some of them look like, like, safe combinations. Some of them look like keypad combinations. Some of them are, like, dates and phone numbers and names of people. Yeah, and which... some of them you can take, and occasionally yeah. you, some of them you can't. Which is annoying. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I only noticed I think, that you Yeah, can there's take like some. one or two that are like baked into the environment so you can't actually take uh, them off. And I was excited about like pulling all the sticky notes off everything, but then I noticed <laughs> you couldn't do it to everything. I'm like, eh, <sighs> that whatever. Sucks. Yeah. And, That's and those kinds of like dumb little details, like I really I really eat that shit up, which is why I'm actually like I've I've got a class this quarter and it's like background design and it's all just okay, make a make a make an environment. Like that's that's all that my projects have been is make an environment, and I'm finding that I really find joy in just the details that nobody but me would ever give a shit about. That's, so, but those are great because putting those... that in media for fans to find yeah. is like there are some fans who really love looking for that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah. I have to I have to do like I have to do a portfolio review next quarter, and I'm thinking I'm thinking about tailoring my portfolio to environment design, maybe. But that'll that be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things was picking up all the resignation letters and reading them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, I demand to be in a work environment. That means I don't get attacked by a tiger. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we workers have the right to not be eaten by a tiger. Or like, what else? There was a book... There was a book sitting on a windowsill somewhere, and it was like "Depression and the Creative Mind" was the title of the book. <laughs> the title of the books were amazing. Yeah, yeah there was a someone had a coffee mug on a table that had was like, um, like half brown and half white, like horizontally, and there was a, a along the line there was text that said something like "Do not talk to me until I have had this at least this much coffee." <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Like, th this is a game that I probably will play even again. Like, I've played it, like, four times now, three or four times now. Um, and I probably will do it again, just looking for more stuff that I didn't look at before. Yeah. I'm... Like, I'm annoyed at myself because I was I felt a little bit disappointed by the game, which I think was entirely due to my expectations of what I thought the game was going to be. Yeah. Because it is very cute for what it is. Um, it's just that, like, I was expected, knowing its relationship to the Stanley Parable, I was expecting something different that it didn't end up being. And then I, you know, and that was my own fault. I think I felt that the first time I played it, like, a, a couple months back. I, I, I definitely agree with that, but... I don't know, coming back to it again, like, now knowing what it's about and just being like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. I think that it, it was much better for me, like, the second and third time around. <laughs> I think my initial comparison to uh, the Stanley Parable led me to want to look for all the random little things to see what kind of reaction I could get from the narrator. Like, flipping one of the wrong switches, like, oh, no, no, those are for the lasers, ah! <laughs> Which is great, because then they reference the lasers later on in the game. If you, there's another switch in that room that yeah. you can flip, and if you flip that switch instead, you get a different uh, reaction in the elevator room. Hmm. Which is That's cute. Awesome. It's like... Oh, you... yeah, because he says something about, like, uh, somebody turned on the lasers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody, am I being too subtle? By somebody, I mean you. Yeah, if you, um, there's a second switch that's like, I don't even remember what the switch says. It's, when you flip it, he's like, I don't even know what that means, but you flipped it. Good job. And then when you, uh, when you go into the elevator room, it's like, oh yeah, the player's taking a little long. Um, he, he's limping. I think, I think a door shut on him when you flipped that switch and it caught him. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it smashed his foot. So good job. <laughs> yeah, I had the same thing. <laughs> I was I was a bit disappointed that I I had no actual agency over how well or poorly the the game went for the player. Because yeah, I, I really wanted to just completely fuck up everything for the player the first time <laughs> I went through. I was like, all right, no, this is we're gonna we're gonna mess shit up. And then it seemed like after like the first couple rooms, I got the impression that like no matter what I did, it was going to be like exactly the same so mm -hmm. i was like all right well let me try and play it so that it's i'm exactly doing what he says and see if that makes a difference and it it seemed i don't know it there are a few differences from when you do things here or there but largely you you know you end up you go in the same rooms in the same order and you know the player gets from a to b no matter what you do yeah i i felt a similar sort of disappointment with that like I was yeah. I was hoping to cause a little more chaos, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had probably the bigger moment of disappointment for me was with the elevator when like you had to pull the lever to to get the elevator to move, and I just sat there just waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the dialogue stuff. If you wait, eventually he gets to a dialogue point that says something like, well, I guess we'll just wait here for a while then, and then there's just no more dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, like, not a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, you're I like, oh. Like, I couldn't <coughs> disobey the narrator, narrator enough. Yeah. And it yeah, made me exactly. upset. I really wanted to do more things that he told me that I wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, oh, man. For all like, the stuff in the environment, there's not a whole lot that you can actually interact with, like, in a meaningful yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, as soon as I saw that there was a big button marked lasers, I went and turned that on immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, lasers! Yep. 
Oh man, when I first saw the door uh, labeled the the high, the abstract high concept like interactions or whatever whatever it was called, I was like, I need to go in that room. Like yeah. I don't like I have to go in that room. <laughs> Luckily, they let you in eventually, and then they do let you in, and. It, and I think it was pretty satisfying because it's like, oh, this is basically the game engine. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, then there was the huge pad that that you could dial the wrong numbers into, which I dialed a lot of wrong numbers yeah, I into. I tried to follow exactly the numbers that he told me, but the problem is he tells you the incorrect numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, he's yeah. clearly flipping through a manual as he's talking to you. <laughs> So, yeah. like, you can't actually completely follow the instructions. And the exact same things happen if you just press numbers at random as well. Yeah. So. I, I also like also the... Also, um, number nine jams. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the, um, the fail-safe lever that pops out of an adjacent wall and, like, zooms into your little room there. Yes. <laughs> um, and then there's a single spotlight on it. Yep. I thought, like, because... I remember when that lever appeared, I was like, holy shit, where did that lever come from? It wasn't there before. So the next time I played through, I made sure to watch to see where it came from. And it, it, it like, it telescopes out from the wall that it, you're facing. Yeah. <laughs> it was and, like, what, what is this one, design decision? That one and the elevator lever, you actually cannot pull early. Like, if you yeah. try and pull it, it doesn't let you pull mm-hmm. them. It, it, the elevator one just sort of gets jammed. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of like I really wanted to pull the elevator thing early so he would miss the elevator. Yeah, the like, elevator just moves and leaves the player behind. Yeah, like I, you know, but no, no, it doesn't let you do that. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, this is like the opposite of the Stanley Parable, where you really have no agency and there's no branching narratives at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is fine because I think. Which is which is why it, it ends up like like being a, a false comparison like yeah. why you shouldn't do try to compare the two yeah because really everything everything that exists in this game exists to serve the joke and the narrative yeah. of the joke which is fine like that's a perfectly that's a perfectly acceptable way to make a game mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i i so i got the achievement for knocking over all the brooms so did i um i I should have gotten, I feel like I should have gotten the achievement for steal your first five francs because I picked up like every freaking coin I so could So did find. I, yeah. I, I, but I didn't get that one. I know there, I think there are some achievements that just don't unlock. Oh, um, that are maybe. That's kind of, that's kind of fitting. That's the like, idea that oh, there, well, there are achievements see. that happen in the quote unquote game part that you can't reach. Yeah. like. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Cause like let's see. There's one that's steal an orange from the orangery. I'm looking. I'm looking um, at the achievements. Like and the, I believe um... you never get to the orangery because that's in the actual game part. So one of the running one of the many running jokes of this game um, is that they keep describing to you like how lovely the game part is and yeah. how much you're gonna like it when you get there, <laughs> and then of course you never see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking um, at yeah, the achievements is, list here. There is supposedly an orangery that the player goes through. Because um, the at one point the narrator says, "Oh, I see. He's entered the mansion through the orangery," mm-hmm. um, and the. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you don't see it in the backstage area, and I, yet there is an achievement that says, "Orange thief, steal an orange from the orangery." Yeah. So looking at the achievements, um, the 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 achievement that everyone should probably get, uh, begin the heist, happens at the end of the game where you actually go into the 
quote-unquote proper game, you get an achievement there. Um, messy Operation is the one that we got where you knock over all the brooms. Um, so 40, 42% have the Begin the Heist achievement, which is, I mean, I guess people like download the game and haven't played it, which is super, super common. Um, yeah. 8.6% have Messy Operation. In the Shadows is another one that I think is like totally possible to get. It's uh, Cut Power to All the Lights. Mm, yeah, I think probably. it's the table lamps. 5.1% have that. Orange Thief, mm-hmm. uh, Steal an Orange from the Orangery, 4.9% have that mm. achievement. So maybe it is possible. I know. Uh, just starting out, Steal Your First Five Francs, 2.6% have that. Maybe you actually have to steal all the coins. Maybe, maybe. I just missed some of the coins. As I yeah, was... maybe these are like parts of a frank like change just loose change because it is coins and Mm -hmm. so you need to pick up a lot of coins to get to five francs and then um the other one every nook and cranny which i think is the one you get for getting every pretzel i I recommend you try the steam version so you can see these fucking pretzels because they're just like they're just like stuffed in like behind a vending machine or like under the stairs they're just like wedged in between a wall and a pipe like completely out of place that says that 1.5 percent but what i'm wondering is maybe these achievement things are just uh like these achievement stats are just fake because again the stanley parable i believe had an achievement that was just ungettable if i remember correctly Hmm. So it wouldn't it it wouldn't yeah, surprise but... me at all if if these stats were just purposely wrong to like send people on a wild goose chase. I don't know. I feel like these stats are not are steam based though. Yeah, the question is is it is it if it's something automatically calculated at steam, they might not have control over faking it. That's well, true. They can control it with like having Having dummy accounts that just have the thing unlocked or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, like or the dummy like dev accounts. it only spawns in a certain amount of games. Yeah, because yeah, as I far just... as I know, there are like two pretzels that you just can't get. <laughs> um, of, of all the pretzels that I've seen, there were two that I literally had no way of reaching. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a thing where you like have to cheat. I don't know. Maybe there secretly is an ARG and there's some hidden content in the game and we have no idea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's just a real life orangery, and 5% of players have made it to this orangery and stolen the orange from there. Yes. That's exactly. Mm. Hmm. Alright, so do we have anything more, like, specifically about Dr. Langeskoff that people want to share? I don't, I don't have anything, I don't think. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. Um, I don't like I will probably play it one more time to find the tapes but I feel like I don't after that I'm not I'm never gonna play it again but it's fine it was free like that's the thing about a game that's yeah. free and 20 minutes long you can't really be mad at it for like wasting anything because you didn't pay anything for it and it, you only spent 20 minutes with it yeah yeah um, and it's a really really solid game for a free yeah it's yeah. Like those, those 20 minutes are gonna be really solid yeah um so, but there was. Never mind. I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay. So, let's talk about, like, the relationship between the two games. Like, what can we draw? Like, what, you know, compare and contrast. What was good about the shortness of them? Like, what was, you know, what did they have in common? What was, what, you know, what did one do better than the other? 
Um, I thought it was interesting how they are both um, games that are ostensibly about like chaos and choice and things being all over the place, and yet they are both very strictly linear. Mm-hmm. I I felt that they both had some elements of uh, subversion of expectations. Mm-hmm. Probably more so Dr. Langeskov than uh, Midavinda, <laughs> yeah. but but you know there was the moment in Blues for Midavinda where it's it tells you to close your eyes and it says no this is this is the opposite of a jump scare like it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was actually legit worried about that before that text popped up. I was like, I don't know if I actually want to close my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I for a while, even after he said that, for a while I was still expecting it to be a jump scare somehow. I was expecting there to be like a meditation segment, and then I would open my eyes and like there would be like Maybe a like corpse or something on the screen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the cowboy would just be staring. The cowboy from the intro would just be staring at you. <laughs> just, yeah. He will be my nightmare. Um, <laughs> and there was yeah i think what's what's creepy about him is also he has no eyes he has like just empty sockets where yeah. his eyes should be yeah um but anyway so yeah there's also the um the the narrative expectation that Midavinda has that tando is going to somehow save his father mm-hmm. that doesn't end up happening yeah well, just like there's a sort a narrative of narrative expectation though not for the player, I think. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that that's not what's going to happen. But theoretically, the character believes that. Yeah. Um, and likewise, in uh, supposedly, you as a character in Doctor Langeskov are supposed to believe that you will eventually get to play that this game on the other side they keep telling you about, even though it's pretty obvious after a little while that like that's not what this game is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting that they both have kind of um, undermining of your actual expectations and undermining of the characters' expectations as like separate things. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's a what do you think this like short format is really good for? Like what what was really good about these games that they were only this long that you couldn't have done with a longer game? Well, it lets you really focus on a single thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to branch out and keep the game interesting, and you can really make it a really tight experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's true. I-, I think it works really well for <clears throat> uh, extremely novel experiences. Um, the kind of thing, because people in general, in in all media, sort of favor things that they're comfortable with. Um, and, yeah. and you know that's not like an admonishment. That's just that's just how it is. I there are a lot of times where I'm like I could play this game that I've never played before, or I could play a game that I've played a whole bunch before, and yeah. I usually play the game that I've already played before. You know, I, I think it's important if you're doing something um, very novel to not overstay your welcome, and to not try to push um, your audience into sticking with that experience for too long because then it it starts to feel <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think it serves that really well. It's like a it's like a taste test. It's like I don't want to necessarily yeah. have you know a whole bowl of your honeycomb lilac ice cream because I I don't know if that's like a thing that I want yet. It sounds interesting and yeah. maybe but maybe you can just give me like a little spoonful of it and and let me taste it and see. Mm-hmm. And then I'll know. Also, yeah. if you just if it's interesting. You might want to taste, but you don't want a lot of ice cream. 
Yeah, yeah, you don't need to sit and eat an entire like pint tub of of <laughs> honeycomb lilac ice cream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think this format is also really good for jokes because jokes, sort of by their nature, are things that, um, you know, you you tell it and there's a punchline and everybody laughs and then you're good. You're good. You don't need you don't need more joke than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this definitely feels more like a one-liner kind of thing, whereas some other games that might be comedies, like the Stanley Parable feels kind of more like a, like an actual com- a comedian's whole stand-up act where yeah, every bit even, leads into the next one. Yeah, but even then, like, each experience in the Stanley Parable is very self-contained. That's like true. Like, a, a single playthrough of the Stanley Parable, I like the idea of, like, comparing that to, like, a stand-up set, right? Because each playthrough is sort of one joke. Yeah, and then you go through all the playthroughs. You experience all the jokes. They're mm-hmm. sort of related to each other, but they're each their own experience. Um, and then you're done, and then you're good. Also, Stanley Parable is still not really a long game. Yeah, yeah. it's not even that long. It's it's long if you play it for every ending. <laughs> but, yeah. Especially one of then them. Not, yeah, especially even that then one. It's probably not more than. Well, I mean, you know the four hours you spend getting the art ending notwithstanding it's probably not more than like a what a five hour game a ten hour game something yeah. like that I don't, and I don't know I played I got oh, all cool. of the endings in the like the old uh, like source version that, mm. that was free um, and I actually I I don't think I got all the endings in the uh, new version. They added a ton of endings in the new one though. Um, there were I, like five or six in the old one and now there's a lot more so. Yeah, I'd never played the uh, the source mod version. I don't. Yeah. I'd only actually played the Steam version, which I only have six hours in. So yeah, it's pretty pretty mm-hmm. short. Yeah, the source mod version. I think you can get through all of the endings in like maybe an hour or two. Yeah. Um, Apparently, the most recent achievement I unlocked is eight 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 whatever. I I don't remember how I did that one, but <laughs> the uh... so. So Blues from Mitavinda is clearly not like intended to be taken as a joke or as a joke game. Yeah. Um, so what is it trying to... I mean, aside from the fact that it was made in 10 days so it can't be that long, yeah. Like, what is it trying to do by being so short? Do we think? I don't know. I it's... think I think that, that sort of comes from like all, all of King Spooner's games are really short. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think it's just, it serves a really specific, really self-contained experience. Yeah, Um, like, I guess the question to ask related to that is, would it be better if it were a longer game? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. With that kind of style, I would say. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean... But I feel like it could be a longer game. If if there was some way to represent the chaos and the mechanics, then it might have space to be a longer game. Mm -hmm. But... But as it is, definitely, I think it was about as uh, the right length. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, this isn't like I I'll, I stereotype myself as being like into weird stuff, and this isn't <laughs> even like his weirdest game. Um, and I will say, like after having gone through a a night where I just like played four or five of his games like all in a row, I was I was sort of like at at my limit like that's enough <laughs> weird shit for the night i think i'm gonna go to bed um yeah. <laughs> so yeah, i think i kind of got that out of my system in grad school 
Yeah, that's um, true. Because we watched all, we, we experienced all kinds of weird art media. Oh, I love <laughs> in it. Terms of like, where I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to watch this, like, weird discordant remix of Full House that occasionally <laughs> screams at you for, like, ten <laughs> minutes. Like, that's, nope, you know, we're done. Like, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, I've got my fill of, like, weird 1970s French art cinema. That's cool. It's fine. I haven't. That's that's a lie. I will watch more 1970s French art cinema. Oh, it's gosh. fine. I had this uh, philosophy professor. Well, not professor. He was a master's student just teaching one of the lower level philosophy things. And he had a movie club that just watched weird stuff all the time. And I got extra credit for showing up. So I always showed up and oh, watched, nice. watched weird movies. And it was great. That does sound great. That sounds like exactly what I want in my life. Uh, there's only like there's only so long I guess that you can like separate yourself from the experience of the real world before coming back to it feels feels weird and the more the more distant the separation the shorter that amount of time is and so I think a game that's all about like meditation and dissociation like doesn't want you to be dissociated for like over an hour right because then you're gonna like come back to the real world and go like whoa what the fuck is this place (laughs) yeah and i mean like i i do meditation on the regular there's one that i um it's a it's like a body scan it's like a 45 50 minute long guided body scan and I am not going to lie. They recommend, uh, like, try to stay awake throughout the duration of this recording. I literally never make it. Like, you start <laughs> off focusing on your breathing, and then you go and you focus on, uh, like, you start at your toe on your left foot, and you work your way up your leg, and then you go to the toe on on your right leg, and you work your way up that leg. I almost never make it even, like, to my knee on my left leg like i just <laughs> i fall asleep immediately so yeah i'll send you the link because i use it when i can't fall asleep and it it really really helps yeah meditation can be great for if you <laughs> if you need to sleep yeah like it's really good at just getting you completely relaxed it is so yeah like i i can't see a guided meditation a long form guided meditation working in a game because we would all just fall asleep I kind of did feel, though, like, that this guided meditation was a little too short. Like, I felt like I didn't quite have time to properly sink into the sensations they were describing before he was talking about the next thing. Yeah, I, I felt that too, but still at the end, um, when when it was like, okay, now open your eyes, like, I had to, like, look down at my body and be like, okay, now my body's, like, still in the same shape that it was when I started out, because I was sort of starting to, like... I don't know, it felt like my torso had sort of elongated and my arms were, like, way down there, and I don't know... I don't know what that was. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe if the meditation had been a little bit longer, I would have... It would have done more for me as a game. Because maybe part of the problem was just that, like, I didn't get that catharsis at the end that yeah. you're supposed to get as much as I felt like I should or wanted to. Yeah, it was... Like, I will agree, it, it did seem a little... A little fast, especially at the beginning, and then eventually I sort of... It especially was almost... if you're someone who's not used to meditation. Because yeah. I feel like if you haven't practiced meditation a lot, it takes longer to get yourself settled mm-hmm. and to like get your brain to cooperate a little. Yeah, and if you're not expecting it, it's like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm <laughs> doing this. 
Um, and you're expecting a jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it takes even longer to relax. Yeah, there's, yeah, so yeah no, there's... I had that anxiety like so long. <laughs> yeah, I I remember the first time I played it, I was like, what? I don't I don't trust you, game. Yeah. Uh, and this game I... has been all about bleakness and like the inevitability of death. Why would you do something relaxing now? Yeah. So I, I think the reason I sort of like actually had an experience with it this time was because I almost ended up sort of like just tuning out the guided meditation part and just like doing my own thing um that way so I I don't know maybe 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 just tune tune out the guided meditation and you'll feel it but yeah it was interesting yeah I wonder that's it'd be interesting to to have a sample size of people play it like some of whom have done meditation before and some of whom have not and like see how they relax, react differently to the game. Because mm-hmm. I can see how if you're just discovering meditation for the first time, this actually might be a really experience, a good experience, like you were talking about before, where you know if you've been thinking about the idea of like death and not being able to deal with the world, and someone says like, "Hey, here's a thing that might help you deal a little bit," like I could see how that might be like an actual moving, useful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you might get more out of the meditation segment if you have some more practice in meditation and you know a little bit more what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's really, really tough to say how how you will react to this. But who knows? Also, how long you can keep the player's attention without yeah. losing too many players yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And especially since it's such an unexpected and unorthodox thing to do in a game. It, it probably did serve it well to keep it keep it brief. Brief, yeah, yeah. As as much as as much as like I personally would have preferred a more gradual meditation. Like I could see um, you know many people playing this just not having the patience for that. Yeah. Although I do also feel like that game probably would have weeded out impatient people a little bit before then. Like they would have been like ah whatever this doesn't seem that interesting and just close the game. Yeah, I, probably I, by like the finding someone who hasn't eaten fried beans part. Yeah, I think that part when you have to walk back through everything you've just done. Yeah, I I kind of I actually almost quit at that part because I couldn't find Brother Hanuman because I couldn't tell. I couldn't find I couldn't him tell either. Stairs. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell that the the background was interactable because none of the other backgrounds are really interactable. There's like one or two things in the different buildings that you can. That's like in the drawn background that you can actually go up to and interact with, but there's no queuing or any kind yeah. of messaging to say which ones they are. That so it looked like there were just a bunch of stripes on one side of one of the rooms, and it's only because that that w- when you talk to that woman, she says Brother Hanuman upstairs um, might you know could use some cheering up. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the that's the only hint that like oh those bunch of like lines on the side are supposed to be stairs that you can actually go to the second story in this building even though you can't do that in any other building yeah that is true I didn't I didn't I didn't encounter that so I didn't like I didn't really think about it but at least at least they did give you that dialogue cue of yeah Hanuman that was, is upstairs yeah if, yeah if it weren't for that dialogue cue I would have quit the game in frustration for not having been able to find the last person yeah that's that's definitely fair um because you can't you can't continue until you've talked to literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Which is good that there aren't very many uh, people. You can, right? You just have to talk to that guy. Okay. Well, maybe you just have to talk to like the like main several main people, 
but Hanuman, Hanum, you can't, you de- definitely can't continue until you've talked to Hanuman. Yeah, because Hanuman gives you like the the parable of the of the coin toss or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, whereas the queuing in um, Doctor Langeskov is very, very like clear and deliberate, almost to the point of being in itself hilarious. Yeah, the part like, where where he opens the door and then shuts it and says. You gotta be quiet back here. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, wait a minute. Actually, I have to tell you about this thing. Yeah. Uh, that, and, and, and when you the walk the, up and it's the... made of like plywood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where the where the lever comes out towards the end and they like all the other lights go out and they literally shine a spotlight on the lever. Yeah. I think I think if there's any comparison to be made to the Stanley Parable, it's the queuing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The oh, yeah. the way it's just so tight and so. Um, What's what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's deliberate. Yeah, it's very deliberate, and it's it's very like self. It's it's almost the queuing is self-referential, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, they do have a really big freedom with. They don't have to. They can break the fourth wall. Yeah. They can do whatever. They can. Yeah. Shine special lights at the place without it being out of yeah. place. Which that that is that is true, and they can literally literally tell you to press the button yeah yeah and the button can be like this giant button that's probably bigger than your hand would be and is lit up and it's like red and it, and it says press me please <laughs> yeah also that's another thing that i didn't really think about until just now but as as like an ex-theater kid in high school that um that just made dr langeskov sort of even more fun because <laughs> running around backstage and like being on ship crew and stuff like it it really is. It really is sort of absurd, like being back there and waiting for exactly the line. And it's like, okay, go. You got to move all of the the furniture and the walls. Like, do it yep. right. And also, that stuff really is usually held together by twine and duct tape yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Oh boy, it is. It's it's really helpful when it's on wheels. Let me tell yeah. you. And then you have to make sure it's like fully pulled behind the curtain. Otherwise, everything is ruined. Yeah, because the audience won't be able to concentrate because they'll keep noticing that piece of scenery that's just <laughs> off stage. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a good, good element of uh, of that game. I didn't do. I did a little bit of theater in like middle school and high school, but uh, not a not a whole ton. But I was like stage manager for at least one of them. So yeah, backstage stuff is fun. I've done I've done some of both. Yeah, the the biggest one for me was always like getting getting the actors, i.e., like the bunch of other middle school and high school students, to shut up backstage, uh, so yeah. they wouldn't so they wouldn't be like whispering and chattering the entire time. Like, listen, people will hear you. Shut the fuck up. My my favorite was when I was um when I was running the soundboard, and I was just up in the booth like alone. Actually, no, it was me and one of the, it was me and the guy who was doing the lighting. But yeah, you're just sort of up in the booth and and none of that shit. It bothers you at all. It's great. <laughs> Until you accidentally push the button um, at the wrong time and you have like an airplane flying over a nice uh, living room scene. That happened once. My bad. Right. So so I have a I have a Jason style ridiculous question for everybody. Yeah. Um, if you were gonna combine these two games into one game, <laughs> What would that game be? Hmm. 
Oh, jeez. I'm trying to envision, like, having having a desert set, but the <laughs> desert deserts are so expansive. I think I think the interesting thing would be how would you do... If, you, if your game is a physical set, as is the premise of Dr. Langeskov, how would you do the transitions between the game proper and the little, the little zen sessions, the, the <laughs> underwater scene and the coin flip scene? You have a fake western town. Yeah. You have a fake western town, and then you have, like, a fish tank, and you put in, like, a little lure. And... <laughs> you have, like, actors playing... Oh, like a reenactment town, yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah, it could be a game about managing like a Western reenactment or like a Civil War reenactment or like some kind of reenactment thing. I feel it like would... I'm just putting Langescob in a Western setting, though. <laughs> yeah, it would have to totally, if you did that, it would have to totally make fun of the philosophical element. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. it would have to be about like how you're trying to let the player have a very deep, meaningful philosophical experience. While you're dealing with the chaos of the backstage, like, and completely harried at all times. Or, like, one of your actors comes comes in and they're not wearing a Wild West costume. They're wearing, like, an ancient Rome costume. Like, what I thought it, I thought that was this week! Yeah. <laughs> could, we, could we combine it in a way that still preserved the, like, deep philosophicalness of it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be a good way... Having to wrangle other people would be a good way to represent chaos. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I wonder if you couldn't, like, actually get the philosophical point of Midavinda across using Dr. Langeskov. Like, make it a game about um, how all like... of life is chaos, which all of Dr. Langeskov is already pretty much chaos. Yeah. I mean, um... Stanley Parable is not <laughs> but it's in that direction. That's actually not a bad, that's not a bad point. Mm -hmm. Like, Stanley Parable is like, let's talk about this kind of, like, chaoticness and what that means in terms of, like, what you can and cannot control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is but... sort of the point of Midavinda is, like, this idea of parts of your life that you can't control and things like that. Sorry, that's Tim, true. you started to say something. Oh, yeah, I was just going to mention how, like, Stanley Parable almost has like this cynical look at choice where it's like yeah you can make all of these choices but none of them matter kind of kind of thing <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. in the end it's all just a game in the yeah end, in the end it's all just a game whatever in the, and end, the only way to win is matter. to quit which I don't even remember how many times it says that just stop playing yeah yeah which is a, not a not a terrible death metaphor as, as death metaphors go yeah that's true I like it. I like I like the Stanley Parable as the combination of these two games. That actually <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, it it works surprisingly well. We we've been we've been trying unsuccessfully to avoid the Stanley Parable this whole time, but really, really it it, it, it underlies works this entire podcast. Yeah, <laughs> all comes back. Yep. I mean, it it comes back in a way that makes sense, kind of. I guess. We did we it. it. We made it work. We forced it into a shell. Totally. <laughs> to a mold. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Any other observations? Compares, contrasts? Gosh, I think I'm observationed out. I'm, I'm really curious because um, I know that... Uh, we, you know, this, the, intent, the intent behind this was that these games are short enough and free so everyone can play them. 
I really want like people to talk on the forums about like their experiences with these games because they are such like short and deliberate experiences. I want to know what people thought. So yeah. if you're listening to this, go to the forums and tell us what you thought about this game. Yeah. These games because I'm I'm super curious. Definitely. Um but so if you on that note, on the note of playing our, our, our four games and talking about them, let's uh, let's talk about the next two games yeah. we're going to play. Who, and, um... and by talk about them, I mean, like, probably not actually say anything about them and just mention the titles, mostly. Other than, like, the title and who made it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, I'll, I'll do one. Okay. I kind of forgot the games. <laughs> I know one. Yeah. Well, one of, them's, one of them's mine, so I'll introduce yeah, that I figured Yeah, I figured you would do that one. Um, the other one is... Not Kyla's. Um, and it's uh, called Frog Fractions. It is a free browser flash game. Anyone can play it. Uh, it came out, let's see, October 25th, 2012. Oh, that's the day before my birthday. Um, and it was developed by Twinbeard Studios, which Twinbeard Studios is mostly just a guy named Jim uh, Crawford. Really? It should be two guys if it's called Twinbeard. I guess yeah. it's not. Either that or he has his beard. beard split down the middle, like one <laughs> section of clean shaven in the middle of... <laughs> <laughs> like um, a reverse, like, goatee or... Yeah, reverse, like uh... a reverse racing stripe kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Wikipedia says, and that's... I, tr I trust Wikipedia. <laughs> so, yeah, Frog Fractions. Yep. Browser game. May or may not be a game about math. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, I accidentally played the game because I thought we had it for this podcast first. Mm -hmm. Don't tell us anything yeah, about don't spoil it. it. I no spoilers. Play it. Play it. Play it. Play it's it. great. Yeah, I've played this one too. It's... I'm excited because I know a lot of people who are super hype about this game and I know nothing about it, and I, so I really want to play it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. The other game we are playing uh, for next time is called The Cat and the Coo uh, and is available for free on Steam. Um, it may also be downloadable um, on a website somewhere. I haven't actually looked around for it. Um, but it is by uh, Peter Brinson and Kurosh Valanjad, who um, are a professor at USC and the director of the USC Game Lab, the art director of the USC Game Lab, respect respectively, um, and are both lovely people. I worked in particular a lot with Kurosh, and he's just the sweetest guy. Um, and it's a it's a documentary game about. Um, the the CIA coup to take that to take out the first uh, democratically elected leader of Iran. Um, and so so it's pretty it's kind of heavy stuff, okay. but it's it's a it's also a puzzle game. So nice. uh, um, so you know, we'll potentially to related to Frog Fractions, if Frog <laughs> Fractions is in fact a game about math. Yeah, so True. we'll see. We'll see. They also both have animals in the title. Um, yeah. I feel like we so, did well by accident by picking a serious game and then not so serious game. Yeah, in, yeah. Each, in each one. <laughs> yeah, I think the separation actually. This was a good set of pairs. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. And we did it entirely intentionally. <laughs> yep. That wink, was, wink, wink. That was our plan all along. Audible wink. Knocked off. <laughs> um, yeah. So frog fractions and the cat and the coup. Try yeah. it out. See what you think. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about it in two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and before then, I guess we're going to... We can plug some stuff. Anybody want to yeah. plug their plug their stuff? Sure. I am tonight and every Sunday night at 7 
I'm going to be playing Uncaged Fury, where I play games that we don't have an official theme yet. Um, But right now I'm playing Majora's Mask. So, you know, come join me playing Majora's Mask and follow me at Kyla underscore go uh, on Twitter to to find out, like, when my schedule changes and stuff. Cool. Um, I, on Fridays, I help run the community stream, uh, one of us. Um, I should have the calendar up so I can talk about who's coming <laughs> Always, next. Always, you forget to do that. Uh, um, so, let's see. This coming Friday, it's a Euro-friendly stream, which means that it starts at Doom Pacific. It will be Eve White, and she will be playing a mystery game from her 4 in February. Uh, the following week, 6 p.m. Pacific, JDATS, again. Uh, again, I don't know what he's playing. Um... <laughs> And in another couple weeks uh, is my friend Tessa, who will be playing Hamtaro Rainbow Rescue. Yeah. Oh, fun times. <laughs> I love Hamtaro um, games. Yeah. She was going to be doing that um, uh, this this past Friday, but but uh, reasons, technical reasons, that didn't happen, so I played some more of Omicron uh, again, which I will be continuing to do, sort of like... That's the default stream? Uh, no, I, what I've been doing is playing it, like, just over the weekend. Like, on Saturdays, if we're recording a podcast, and Sundays, if we're not. Um, but because it was, like, such a short notice thing, I was like, oh, I guess I'll do it. Um, for one of us. But usually I try to not. And you have VODs of that, right? Yes, I have hella VODs. They're on my YouTube. Um, okay. So if you're not caught up on that, and you want to watch Kelso play Omicron, go, yeah, there's like, go check up on the VODs. Yeah, there's like 10. And I have all my other um, One of Us VODs from... What else did I play? I played Space Station Silicon Valley and I played Dropsy. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. It's great. Actually, Um, like, Jay Tolan, who who made Dropsy, just like sometimes shows up for my streams. It's really weird. <laughs> nice. But, but um, he's nice. a nice guy. So so that's cool. Um, My my Twitter is at uh, KelsoTimeBomb. I I tweet about my cat. <laughs> Always en- enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Follow, follow for more cat antics. Yes. Um, I I will say that um I'm planning at some point in the nebulous near future uh am going to stream Life is Strange because I somehow haven't been spoiled on all of that and am interested in in playing it. Nice. Um, so I'll be doing that sometime uh, when when there is time to be had, and uh, I'll probably tweet about it. I'm at I'm actually the same as I am on Twitch. I'm at Ruby Goldberg, R U B Y G O L D E R G. You're also <laughs> Goldberg on Twitter. I, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, I am that on Twitter because I made my Twitter like like explicitly to follow people that I knew on Twitch. So I was like, okay. I'll make it the same that it is on Twitch so that it's easy. That makes sense. That's a good that's a good strategy. <laughs> so it is. Never noticed. Well there you go. <laughs> I'm at Stug3. I don't really t- tweet that much. Follow him for surly but insightful comments. Yes. I do drop some comments sometimes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Out of context. You drop that's the fine. truth is what you drop. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'll never say that again. Uh, It's fair. 
All right. And, and uh, as usual, Mostly Walking is on Mondays at 7, and you can come come hang out in the uh, in the cool chat with the cool, cool kids. Hell yeah. Uh, which is on Sean Bouchard's channel, um, which is at... He's if and deaf on Twitch, right? I can I always get confused about which so one's and deaf and which one's if and deaf. You know what? At this point, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know... I, I only follow one of them, hey. so... <laughs> yeah. Um, and his uh, regular stream, uh, the play-by-play stream, is on... Wednesdays. Wednesdays now at 8 o'clock. And right now he's playing Nancy Drew, and it's been excellent. And I highly recommend uh, checking it out, because it's been a lot of fun. I need to catch up on those vods. I can't, I can't watch... <laughs> I can't watch uh, his Wednesday stream because again I have a night class. Um, ah. I, I really need to catch up on those vods. The yes. same thing happened last last quarter, and it was on Thursday, and that was my one night oh, class. No. Why? I'm, Specifically trying to avoid you. I am cursed, basically, is what um, it's is what's happening. Yeah, but the yeah, check out those vods. Those are super cool. Um, and you can find all the information about all the things, including the community calendar, at pbpnetwork.forumatic.com, which is our forums. Yes. Where we will be posting this podcast, like always. and yeah, like always, and you can come discuss the last two games and the next two games for the four in February. They're literally like less than half an hour. Like it's not, it's not an investment to play them. Just not it. even a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, I think I think this is another episode in the bag. I think we did it. Yes. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, yes, and um, thank you, thank you, Tim, for being our guest, our fun, fancy guest. So, yeah. just for the benefit of uh, everybody who listens, how did you get to be a guest on on this podcast? Um, last night at like eleven, maybe I I tweeted her and was like, "Hey, can I be a guest?" And you know what? I was like, "Yeah, sure. This sounds great. That's." That's literally all you have to do. That's friends. how we get our guests. That's how we do it. <laughs> it's a deep and it's a, it's a deep and arduous process. Yes. Of occasionally, you now have the them. insider knowledge. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, so what I am saying is, don't be shy. <laughs> just, just do the thing. It'll be great. Yep. Um. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and being our first actually recorded guest. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Doctor. Sorry, Doctor Faustus. Yep. It will always be my saddest, my saddest failure of my life. Yep. I hope so. For 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 your for your well-being because I like you as a person. I hope that is the worst <laughs> failure of your entire life. That's true. That's that's pretty that's pretty light as far as things go. Or maybe you just take it really hard. <laughs> I cry every time. Yep. It's just like this that one moment is why she needs all of her guided meditation. <laughs> Crying five ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. Well we'll see you guys next uh, not next week. Two weeks from now. Two from now. We'll frog be talking about frog and fractions the and the cat and the coup, yes. Alright. Have a good one. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.